Hey everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a podcast about reclaiming the place of priority relationship is providentially intended to hold in your life. You know, we live in a world where community is far too often pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things, but the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As believers, we have the choice to prioritize connection in our life every day and to live face-to-face with God and people. In this show, I'll be number one, sharing research which supports the importance of relationship, number two, giving you tools to help you improve your interpersonal connections, and number three, sharing writings that I have done in the past on the importance of community. It is my sincere hope that the content presented in this podcast equips you to better serve and love others. To access my past and future articles, subscribe to my YouTube channel, or purchase a copy of my books, visit homeschoolerponderings.blogspot.com. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 29 of the Restoring Rapport podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this show out of all that you could have chosen to listen to. Um, I'm super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, I will give you a little bit of a warning. Um, My voice might not be what it normally is because I am currently uh, in quarantine. I tested positive for COVID for the first time ever, but I am on the tail end of it recovering um, tomorrow is my last day actually of quarantine. So I'm basically at the end, but if I have to cough or clear my throat every once in a while, just bear with me. Um, <clears throat> today's actually kind of a big, uh, episode today. Um, I'm going to be talking about dating, uh, specifically how I was raised, how I disagree with it, what I agree with it on, um, kind of my experience surrounding the whole issue of dating, um, the things that I believe are good about it, bad about it, uh, what has been done good, what hasn't been done good, that kind of thing. Um, and a common theme that's going to kind of come up throughout this podcast episode a lot is, um, Joshua Harris's book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, uh, which by the way, that author has recounted basically saying he, he, he's requested that it stop being printed, um, because he believes it's caused a great deal of harm to a lot, too many people and that it's no longer a good work that should be continued to be put out on, on shelves. Um, he's also had a kind of a crisis of faith and he is separating from his wife uh, back in 2019. He, they, they announced this. So it's kind of a a scandalous situation. Yes. But also, um, just sad all around. You may have, people don't typically have uh, a, uh, a medium, you know, okay. Or it's just an okay book that people don't have an opinion about this book. They either really, really like it, they're on fire about it, or they absolutely hate it and they say it's ruined their life. And I've heard both sides of that. Um, and kind of, if you don't know what the book is about, I Kiss Dating um, Goodbye is kind of about, um, if I had to summarize it, once again, I haven't read it, read it. So my summary is based on <laughs> summaries that I've seen. But if I had to summarize it for you, I would say that it's about reapproaching dating um, with, with God at the center, obviously, but, um, it is from a Christian perspective, but keeping your dating centered in community and taking, uh, things, very intentional steps towards the goal of marriage. It's kind of how I would describe it. Um, but it, there's also a lot of undertones and, um, actual practical strategies that I don't think work. So I would agree with the, um, what I believe was Joshua Harris's heart at the time in writing it of making healthier relationships for people, uh, actually giving young people the goal of marriage and giving them the best steps that they can take to get there. I believe he had all of that in his heart at the time of he was writing it. Um, 
And that book is essentially how I was raised. Even though I never read it, um, my parents raised me uh, kind of according to that, but not really according to that book, but according to a very more reserved courtship kind of version of dating um, in which, you know, I wasn't allowed to date until I was probably, gosh, probably 18. Uh, never, <laughs> never had a romantic relationship in the elementary grades, which I think those are silly even now, but, um, never had a girlfriend, um, <clears throat> a defined relationship until I was, um, 22, never, there were just a lot of things that I didn't do that a lot of people did much earlier. And I'm kind of going to take this episode as a chance to give you, <clears throat> first of all, my background, but also... Um, if I think that was a good thing or not, and obviously I'm not slamming my parents and any of this at all. They know, um, I love them. They know, I know that they did the best in, in everything that they did uh, in raising me. I, I believe 100% believe that was their best that they knew how to give me. Um, so this is kind of where I'm at right now and perhaps how I will raise my kids is kind of the opinions that I'm giving you right now. But anyway, um, to start it off, I was raised, um, to believe that, the, the only conversation around, uh, boys and girls, um, that relating to one another was very reserved. It was, uh, um, it wasn't, it wasn't avoided. It was talked about and children were told how to relate to the opposite sex well, but it was always in the context of being careful and being respectful, um, which is obviously a good thing. Um, but it was almost to the point that, um, you know, we were told, no, no spending time to get together. Um, no, uh, spending time in a one-on-one -on -one setting together. Um, that was a particularly, uh, emphasized rule that we had growing up was we were never allowed to have one-on-one -on -one time with a member of the opposite sex for whatever reason. And that reason was, um, you know, avoiding physical temptation, sexual immorality. Um, I do not believe that is the, the, I believe, obviously, sexual immorality is a problem, but I think that in avoiding one-on-one -on -one interaction with girls growing up, I missed out on many things. I missed out on, really, that made the only <laughs> relationship with a female that I had, my sister, my mom, my aunts, my cousins, um, basically family. Um, I still had tons and tons of friends that were girls, um, but because I never spent one-on-one -on -one time with any of them, I never really developed any of those relationships. So it was, there are consequences to that, believe it or not. Now at the age of 22, I do not feel like I created in my youth the prospects that I would be benefiting from now. So basically how I'm trying to explain that is, a lot of the times when I see people who have healthy relationships now, they either met their significant other when they were very young and formed a bondship throughout the process of like 16 years from the time they were little until, you know, they're 20, whatever now, and they're about to get married. So it's either that kind of person or the kind of person who was unable to build any of those relationships in their early years, went off to college, found their mate, and then got married. Um, and both of those are great, you know. That I'm, I'm not saying either one of those is, you, you know, you just do your best with the cards that you've been given. Um, but the way I did it was I had all of those opportunities and I, instead I only chose to develop um, friendships. 
uh, for, you know, from the time I was 10 to the time I was, gosh, 20, 21 or 22. All I developed were friendships. And that was a, that was a very big mistake. Um, on my part now, that was a very big mistake. And I, I began to recognize that in the later years, um, when I began to want a rela- relationship and I began to realize, oh, hang on, I don't want to be just friends with everybody for the rest of my life. Um, I need to, I wish I would have started developing something else earlier. And that way now I'd be reaping the benefits of that investment. But I didn't do that because I wasn't allowed in my younger years. And in my older years, I didn't do that because my friends were also raised the same way I was, okay? M- many, most of my friends, the ones that I would be actually interested in a relationship with, were raised to n- avoid avoid intimate and close relationships with the opposite sex until they were, you know, like 25. That was, and you know, you might think that's an antiquated view of the world, but that in a lot of homeschool circles, that is how it works, even today, okay? So, and that did, that did, once again, that did come with benefits. We avoided a lot of the, the heartbreak that a lot of people go through for years and years and years prior to the time when they're actually ready to date and get married. But there were also consequences to that. And uh, namely, again, I believe the consequences to that were we did not form the connections and the uh, prospective relationships that we, you know, that could turn into something. We didn't form those when we were young. Then, for example, I would... Uh, when I was 18, I, I haven't really ever shared any of my story on this on this show before. So this is me being very vulnerable. Um, when I was 18, I began to realize um, friendship is is great and all, but it's all it's a shallower version of something that's uh, romance is deeper. Romance is deeper, and I began to realize that um, you know I. I want, I like deeper. I'm a very deep person. I would prefer romance to friendship. And so I began to look for a, <clears throat> a, um, and a, a someone, I began to look for someone when I was 18. And, um, I think that's the, that's, that was good. I think that was a good thing for me to do. But, um, the problem was that because I had not developed, you know, uh, relationships with people who would be open to more when I was younger, when I was 18, my, my, my best circles didn't even want to date. They didn't believe that dating was a good thing to do at 18. So I was here, I was finding myself talking to girls and getting close to girls who were, um, uninterested, completely uninterested in the, in the, in the, in the concept of dating <clears throat> and therefore uninterested in the concept of me as anything more than a friend. <laughs> so what ended up happening was, um, because those were my, my, uh, my best circles, I would, I pursued it anyway. And that was, that was a mistake that wasted years of my life. I wasted probably two and a half to three years pursuing a girl who was not interested and it was not going anywhere. And, you know, I had, there are stories of men who do that. And, you know, in the end, she, um, realizes that she made a mistake all those years and she would love to be with this man, but that is not my experience. Okay, so I cannot advise young people to do that. Honestly, I don't think that works very often. I think it's a bad idea. Um, firstly, because it's those years are really heartbreaking for the pursuer because everything you do is unreciprocated. All your effort, all your care, all your investment, your heart is thrown out there and it's repeatedly stomped on basically. 
not even stomped on. People are kind about it, but it's not, there's no reciprocity. There's nothing given back to you. There's no love, no warmth, no reciprocation. And that's really hard as a man to, to be constantly pursuing and not getting any, <clears throat> not getting any warmth back. Okay. It's really, really hard. And it's hard for a reason. And it's, so that, that's why I would say it's a bad idea. Don't do that for, 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 the, I haven't met very many men with that problem, but, um, that's, that, that's my story. I chose to do that and that wasn't a good idea. I would not advise, advise taking that course of action. If a girl, if a woman is uninterested and makes that very clear from the get go, I would not pursue. Hi guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now, in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material, including additional interviews, all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings, okay? So lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs $5 a month, which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day, okay? So you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account. If you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about, this is your chance, okay? Follow the link in the show notes to become a sub. Thank you so much for choosing this show to listen listen to. And now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. I would not pursue. And by pursue, I obviously do not mean anything immoral, um, like per, like making unwanted sexual advances or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about do not pursue like romantic acts. Do not pursue um, even one-on-one -on -one time investment. Don't pursue like um, gifts, giving gifts and things like that. That's an awful idea because it's never going to go anywhere. They don't appreciate your efforts. Um, they don't want you to do that. So like, they're just like, they receive it. They don't even know what to do. Like, thanks. I don't really care. Bye. It's basically there. <laughs> and yeah, it just doesn't go anywhere good. So I wouldn't advise you to do that. And I realize that it's often done as in my case, out of a place of innocence, you think you're doing what's right. Um, pursuing because let's face it, you should not be pursuing someone you like second best. You should pursue your favorite option, but there comes a place when maybe your favorite option is not interested and is not going to be interested. So you have to make a new favorite option. You have to find somebody that is even more of a favorite. Okay. Stop pursuing the one that <clears throat> is just uninterested and has made it clear that they, they're on it. She's uninterested. Um, and that's my advice to the guys and the girls. A lot of girls do that. I think they, they stick to this one guy, their high school sweetheart or whatever. Um, despite some major red flags or, you know, lack of reciprocity on his part and they continue to pursue it anyway. They're, they're trying to get with this guy for years and years and years. They're not considering other options. They're not looking around at the, the solid Christian men who are willing to give their all, lay their life down the line. Um, to hang the moon of her universe, she's not looking for that. She's looking for that one, you know, dude who couldn't care less. And I think that is a danger for the girls of the modern modern dating landscape as well. So you need to be aware of that. <clears throat> Once again, I'm not. I'm talking to people my age and under, and people who are in my stage of life experience. I'm not talking to somebody who's, you know, 29, 30, and you know, looking for a partner, although you feel free to take any of my advice. But once again, you would be, you would have more experience than I would on this matter. But, um, so that's kind of my story with, um, 
uh, with Joshua Harris's book, and it affected it affected it affected other areas of my life as well. Um, for example, um, Joshua Harris's book really encourages uh, postponing any type of romantic relationship because it believes that he believed at the time that people couldn't understand commitment at a young age and therefore could not be handled. Uh, entrusted with the responsibility of another person's heart, which obviously there is some truth to that in the sense that <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of understanding commitment before you get involved in a dating relationship. And that's obviously critical um, in order to avoid, you know, just breaking hearts right and left. But uh, his mistake, I believe, was thinking that young people could not understand commitment until they were in their late 20s. That is a huge error. Um, people can understand commitment way before that. And that's the point. That's the point at which they should start dating, in my opinion. And that's not what I did. I waited, you know, years after I understood commitment um, to begin uh, investing in a romantic relationship for my future. I waited years only only investing in friendships, only investing and in, in intentionally investing in things that I, you know, I wasn't planning for them to go anywhere. I was only planning for them to end up as friends. And that's great and all. There's nothing wrong with being friends with every girl in the world. Um, but you should not, I mean, at some point you've got to stop doing that. And you've got to intentionally say, Hey, I'm not really interested in any more friends. I'm looking to, for something for my future. I'm looking for something more. I'm looking for something more than just this pleasantry exchange, doing things, you know, in mutual circles as, as a, as a group of young people. That's, that's great and all, you know, but I'm looking for something more. I'm looking for spending one-on-one -on -one time getting to know one another with the prospect of a future relationship, a future marriage. That's what I'm looking for. And being upfront with people about that, you know, and um, not just pursuing this, this, this hanging around constantly with each other and, and never, never actually having a vision for it. Um, I think that's something where a lot of people go wrong. A lot of homeschoolers go wrong there. They, they pursue all these relationships. They invest in these relationships uh, between the genders as friendships invest in them really heavily and by you know i've got some great friends now who are girls like amazing like um you know i talk to them all the time very close with them they know like every f niche element of my character they've spent you know 14 years getting to know me but those are great but if that's all there is if that's all they're open to you're kind of left without options as a homeschooler okay so that's what I'm trying to avoid. That's what I think Joshua Harris's book kind of sets kids up to do because it sets them up to formulate these great friendships, uh, you know, within a, a strong community, um, it helps boys and girls get to know each other, but it doesn't really actually, it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like there's, uh, there's no opportunity to get to know them in the one-on-one -on -one setting. So obviously nothing further can develop. If I'm only hanging out with a girl in a group, I'm going to know her just about as well as I know everybody else in the group. Okay. So that was kind of my experience growing up and it, 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 Stops children from, uh, not children, young adults, people who are growing, uh, growing into adulthood. It prevents them from thinking about romance to the extent that they get older and older and older and older. And then they, by the time they start thinking about romance, they've not invested anything in a remote romantic relationship with anybody. And therefore, it's not there. It's just not there. Okay. And that's the problem I have with Joshua Harris's book. Um, I've got some other problems with it, obviously, as well. It's not like I agree with everything in it. But just to summarize, um, I agree with his premise of dating community. I strongly agree with that. I agree with his premise of, um, you know, putting safeguards on the relationship to protect your heart so you're not, you know, smashed and broken every time somebody leaves you. Um, 
entering relationships that you intend to make it last. You intend to commit. You intend to buckle down despite feelings, despite, you know, distance, despite whatever might get in the way and do it. Just make it work. You know, um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people lack that maturity. And I think Joshua Harris's book tried to target that um, and tried to prevent heartbreak. And I think that was a good thing. So that's one good thing I appreciate about it. I do not like its tendency to push romance so far away in a person's mind in the future that they're not taking steps in the present towards that. That's how we have people ending up with, you know, no desire to get married. They have no preparation for marriage and they're super old now. You know, the marriage rate has declined almost a decade since 1960. I don't know if you guys know that. We talked about this that a lot on the show. People are pushing it further and further back, either consciously or unconsciously. And that's having really, really poor effects on today's culture. And a, a huge number of ways, as I've written about elsewhere, you can check that out through my blog um, and through my other podcasts. But for right now, I'm talking about Joshua Harris's book and my experience dating. <clears throat> and because, and one of the reasons I do agree with um, Joshua Harris's book on dating in the in the context of understanding commitment and being committed um, when you enter a dating relationship is because my I've also had a very painful experience with. Uh, that, um, entering a relationship that I thought I had made very clear was committed and, um, defined as a long-term thing, something that we, uh, we would work out problems. Um, you know, it wasn't just a a lovey-dovey feeling type thing. I was serious about it. And I was pursuing that in the context of marriage. That's all I was, that's the only reason I entered that relationship. Not that it was an engagement, but that it was a, if a problem comes up, we try to solve it. And the only, only serious problems are unsolvable. Like if I've, you know, I'm, I'm a murderer or something. Um, but I think people should enter relationships with that, um, as a goal, because when you don't enter a relationship with that as a goal, when you enter it as in, we'll see if it works out. I just kind of casually see if anything comes out of this. When that's your motivation for dating, you should not be dating. You should not, you're not ready to date. You do not have the maturity level, the uh, commitment level to be dating, and you're playing with, with another person's heart. And that is wrong. That is immoral. That is a mistake for you. That is how you hurt people. That's called being a player. That's called being, um, you know, uh, somebody who is not thoughtful of other people. I'm not, not, not trustworthy of somebody's emotions, somebody's heart. Um, so there's really, it's really important that commitment be, um, in the relationship. Okay. And I, um, I would highly advise young people to make that a absolute check, check mark before you in a relationship, make sure you have covered that and covered it and covered it and covered it. Um, because in my experience, I have thought I've covered it. You know, I thought I've gone through, been very clear about my intentions, uh, been very clear about I'm not interested in a summer fling. I'm not interested in something short term. I'm not interested in playing games, high school games. I'm not a high schooler. I'm looking to get married. I'm not interested in, um, I'm looking for something serious. I'm not looking for, you know, a fling. And I've thought I've said that, but you, sh- you really need to drill that in. You really need to drill that in. And because before you're in a relationship, before you say we're dating, before you become boyfriend or girlfriend, you both need to agree on that like really, really, really hard. <clears throat> and if one or the other of you, the boy or the girl, is having these reservations, these drawbacks, these, oh, I'm not sure, let's just see if it works out, see where it goes, um, casually just take things kind of easy right now, I'm not really looking to, that's a red flag. And at the time I entered um, a, a relationship in my past, <clears throat> at a time that I did that, I did not see that as a red flag. I saw that as, um, 
it, it felt, I felt uneasy about it a little bit. And you should always listen when you feel uneasy about it. Um, I felt that, oh, this person uh, might not be looking to go where I'm going with this. Um, so it's just really important that you define that because you will get hurt when that person says, I'm just not feeling it anymore. Bye. Okay. So that's really the problem with the high school scene of dating is the one person is more committed than the other typically. And <clears throat> one person, uh, is sticking around. The other one's just gone. Not, not interested anymore. Um, and the, the reason that problem was made possible was because the two people did not initially agree to, Hey, we're going to take this seriously. We're not going to quit when things get difficult. Uh, we're in this for the long haul. We're going to have God as our guide and our community as our reinforcement. And we're just going to move forward. Okay. That wasn't their, that wasn't their goal initially. So now they're in a train wreck where one is left and the other one is, um, in pain. Okay. And you, the, the, there's, it's kind of a myth of mutual breakups. That's often not the case. I know that is possible to have a mutual breakup or whatever. You know, we, they both decide that they're not the one for each other. And the, the one, once again, I have teachings, <laughs> teachings. It's not like I'm an expert. I have talked about that before, what that's done to me personally. Um, so you can check those out in other places, obviously. But what I was saying is, um, often that when that happens, it leaves one person in a real, in a rut and the other person is, um, it, it, not, it's not easy for them either. It's kind of a, it messes them up too, but in a different way. Um, and it's really, it's really, really awful for the person who was, who was willing to keep, make things work, willing to keep going and lost their partner. It's very, very hard. Okay. It's very, very hard. I can, and I can personally speak to that as that's a huge problem. Um, so I'm just, once again, for young people, my, one of my, this is probably my biggest piece of advice is do not enter a relationship where the other person is not committed. And they don't verbally say that like a lot because they're not, that needs to be a clear goal of the relationship for, for both of you. And if it's only a goal for one of you, you're going to end up in a train wreck. Okay. You're going to end up at a train wreck, a really painful train wreck with lots of broken bones, you know, you know, a future sitting in a, a chair with a therapist, PTSD, like you name it. You're going to name it with all kinds of things that you do not want to be carrying into your next relationship. So my number one piece of advice for young people today in the dating landscape, um, as it is, is be sure to enter a relationship with somebody who is committed. And make that your goal together, commitment, moving forward together as a couple towards the goal of marriage and not just playing games, not just seeing if it works out, not just t following your feelings and, you know, the the, the, the wind, not just following the wind. Uh, that's not a good idea. That, that's how you get hurt. Um, and Joshua, I, that's, one thing, that's one thing I liked about Joshua Harris's book is it tries to prevent that. It tries to keep young people from making rash decisions, making um decisions that that are not permanent and just kind of overextending more commitment than they're actually willing to to back up it keeps them from doing that um it tries to keep them from doing that but as i said some people have other problems with a book um he also talks about a lot of uh purity culture things uh it's been termed purity culture by people who have had a poor experience with it basically it's when somebody makes a mistake and crosses a line sexually that they shouldn't have um and then they hear all this teaching about how important it is to uh be be chased and um, protect yourself and, um, you know, avoid that that sexual engagement until until you're within the context of a safe place, which is i.e. marriage. Um, when they hear that, it makes them feel shamed. It makes them feel guilty. It makes them feel like I'm not good enough. Some, all my value has been taken because I've made this error. And um, that's how sometimes Joshua Harris's book comes across to people. It makes them feel um, 
less than, filthy, unwanted, unattractive, um, damaged goods, that kind of thing. All those things are how words are how people use to describe themselves, um, how they feel when they read works that emphasize purity to such an extent that it makes them feel bad when they make errors. Okay. And that is obviously, I don't, that there's no condemnation for any believer who, who is in Jesus. I mean, that is not, that is not the, what I believe. That's not what the show teaches. That's not what Joshua Harris would want his readers to believe, but that's how sometimes his words and his works come across or came across um, in the years that he published this book and people would read it and it would have that effect on them after they've already made errors. Okay. And that's the very thing he's trying to prevent. He's trying to prevent the error, but when the error's already been made, it can sometimes sound condemning to people. At least that's what I've heard. That's not my experience, but I'm just telling you what I've heard. Um, let's talk a little bit about, about Joshua, Joshua Harris's recent changes. Um, I'm going to read you a little bit of an article on sojo.net. Obviously, I'll include it in the show notes. Um, earlier that quote, earlier this week, author and former pastor Joshua Harris, whose best-selling book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, became a go-to courtship advice for a general, for a generation of teens raised within 1990s to early 2000s evangelical purity culture, announced via Instagram that he and his wife were separating. In the post, he says, in recent years, some significant changes have taken place in both of us. It is with sincere love for one and another is with sincere love for one another and understanding of our unique story as a couple that we are moving forward with, with this decision. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I mean, I immediately react to that. In recent, these, these people are married. They've made a lifelong commitment. They've promised to never leave each other. They've promised to never leave each other. In recent years, some significant changes have taken place for both of us. It doesn't matter. I don't care. You made a vow. It is with sincere love for one another and understanding of our story as a couple that we are moving forward. So he's claiming it's mutual and that divorcing is moving forward. I don't ever think that that's the case. Obviously, there's, you know, abuse and things like that happen. Um, you know, infidelity, that kind of thing. I'm not getting into that. Right now, I'm just addressing um, what, what he's making it sound like. He's ma- he's kind of, to me, he's making it sound like divorce is not a big deal. And it is. It's a huge deal. Um, it's, a, it's a very destructive decision that impacts children, impacts uh, adults, especially. And, um, so I react to that, um, that claim, but he, anyway, he says, we hope to create a generous and supportive future for each other and for our three amazing children in the years ahead. Okay. So that was his, um, kind of his announcement that they were getting divorced last year, Harris and filmmaker, Jessica, Van, uh, J- Vander Wagner, w- Vander Wingard released. I don't know how to say that, but released the documentary. I survived. I kissed dating goodbye. Okay. So basically he's saying his work is, is a challenge for people now and he recognized that which chronicles is harris harris's confrontation with dozens of critics in his book along with the many tenets of purity culture the project came out about harris's study at regent college where he attended after stepping down in 2015 from the lead pastor role of covenant life church part of the sovereign grace ministries network after allegations of improper handling of abuse within the network over decades and that came to light. Okay, so he basically stepped down from his position as a church leader because of some allegations about improper handling of abuse. <clears throat> I'm not even really getting into that right now, but the point is that he is now saying, he is now, the the, the author of this book, I Kiss Dating About ha- Goodbye, has now partnered with, you know, Jesco Weingard releasing a, docu- <clears throat> a documentary entitled, I Survived, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Okay. And my point is, um, the only reason he would do that is if because he's firstly had a change of heart and secondly, because, um, he, 
he's seen the the impact that it has on on people and you know you can read numerous accounts of people's people's impressions of that book people's stories with that book how it helped them or how it damaged them irreparably and i'm not going to go too deep into those right now i will read you the rest of this article on a later episode of the show because it's an interview between harris and um velarial somebody velarial um pretty good interview kind of sums up uh, how he got to the position position that he did. But this episode, I really just wanted to give you my thoughts on his work, how it impacted me, how the principles, the tenets of I Kiss Dating Goodbye impacted my life as a young person and the course of my life as an older person now. Um, and kind of give you a little bit of my dating story and give me a, you advice to young people. So hope to do an episode like this in the future. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the times I haven't given dating advice because I haven't had that, that much experience with dating, um, but now I do. I have been in relation, uh, a serious relationship what I thought was a serious relationship I have been in relationships that I shouldn't have been in where I was pursuing um and it was unwanted and I should should have just moved on to somebody who was actually interested um so those are the things I would tell young people once again in summary be sure if somebody is uninterested pursue somebody who is interested okay don't don't do this chasing thing for years and years and years when there's no there's no interest there they don't I'm sorry they don't like you, move on. And I know that's horribly hard, but I think just admitting that to yourself and then just immediately taking that step, the next step to pursue somebody else without giving your time to think is a good decision. You just need to move on quickly. You need to find somebody else to not allow the time for your heart to feel the, the that loss and you need to put your investment where, where it will be appreciated. Secondly, make sure when you enter that relationship that where there is interest, that it is defined as a committed relationship that is not games, that is something long-term, that is something you want to keep God at the center of, moving towards the goal of marriage and not just backing out when the feelings go away or you encounter minor conveniences, okay? If it, if you if, if you enter a committed relationship and it ends, there should be something serious. There should be like blatant, and horrible cheating, which all cheating is horrible, but I'm saying like, um, there should be abuse, there should be murder, there should be, I mean, and you, you, that may sound funny to you, but that's what it takes to break a committed relationship. I'm saying if you can't enter a relationship, um, with a clear conscience, when those are your only ways out, you've got a problem, you're not ready to date. You're not ready to date if you're not ready to commit, okay? Because when you're not ready to commit, you end up hurting people very badly very 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 badly and it's wrong okay so that's my advice to young people um particularly i hope you guys have enjoyed this episode hope to do something like it in the future um i'll be sure to read you joshua harris's article in a future episode as well and i can't wait to talk to you guys next time